0: Did you know they trademarked their IATA code? Yeah. Me, are all rights reserved. If, all of the merchandise they sell with BNA yes. has a little circled R on it. Yes.
1: You're listening to Dots, Lines, and Destinations, a travel podcast with host Stephen Seagraves, Fosma Mood, and Seth Miller. Hello, and welcome to episode 378 of Dots, Lines, and Destinations. I'm Stephen Seagraves, joined today by Fosma Mood and Seth Miller. Gentlemen.
0: Good evening.
2: How
1: Good evening. I'm, I'm all right. How are y'all?
0: Surprisingly warm in my attic for a cool evening. Is
1: it, is, it, uh, is it springtime there now?
0: It actually is. That's part of it. But I replaced windows this weekend, and it doesn't get as cold up here anymore, shockingly. Oh. That's, congratulations. Yeah. You know, by the end of the summer, I might actually get the whole house done. Are these the windows they had to make again? Oh, I mean, even the guy that stole my money? Oh, I don't know this part. No, that's the yeah. The contractor at one point uh said they had to remake the windows because they had COVID in the gas inside between the two panes of glass. Um I remember that part? Yeah. It turns out he never ordered them and stole my money. So Wow. Oh. Yeah. So I've started buying the windows myself and install myself and installing them myself instead. But yeah, I I won the lawsuit I can't collect. That's exciting.
1: Oh like small claims or something? Yeah. And you can't collect, why not?
0: well, mostly because he doesn't have it oh. but and i, I mean, i'm I'm going through the process. the next step is to serve him with a something via certified mail or a summons from the uh sheriff, so Lovely. I'm waiting for the paperwork it's it I mean it sucks, but I got new windows, <laughs> two down thirteen to go <laughs> grab some of the windows, yeah. yeah
1: so uh we have a lot to cover today, so yeah. Let's let's see how how this goes. Um, I think the first topic is the saddest topic, so we'll cover it first, and maybe things will go uphill. Uh, but it's the Chinese Eastern crash, uh, MU fifty seven thirty five, seven thirty seven eight hundred. Um, it's pretty terrible, honestly.
0: Yeah, I mean, it basically just dropped out of the sky.
1: Yeah,
0: um, from all the data we have, there's no. There's some indication of a part was found a little ways away from the main crash site, but like the the flight data recorder both this both both the black boxes have been found, or the data pieces of them have been found, so that's just an indication of how significant the impact was like the recorder part split off from the computer part that sort of collects all the data mm-hmm. and the the flight data recorder was the second one found was buried five feet in Oof. mud. like that's how hard it hit, Wow. So, um, obviously, terribly sad and condolences to the families of those who died. But yeah, well, not good.
1: Um, and I don't, I mean, we don't need to speculate or anything on, I don't think there's any data out there to tell us anything yeah. uh, of what happened, but definitely was a rapid descent. Um, and now I think the Chinese authorities are just trying to get to the bottom of it. And uh, I think the NTSB I saw today or yesterday, the NTSB was on its way over to help
0: so this is a super interesting thing that happened obviously the ntsb would as the nation of the certification and manufacturing agency um, is entitled to participate but the country where the crash happened takes the lead so the ntsb was eventually invited to participate but then it became a lot of questions about how they would be able to join the events given that they uh would typically be required to have significant quarantine on arrival into china
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and rather than going in on a commercial flight, China Eastern actually sent an aircraft to pick them up, like a dedicated charter flight for those investigators. I think a similar one was supposed to be dispatched to Boeing for its participants to join as well. Um, I will assume that there's going to be minimal, if any, quarantine on arrival, given that they actually went, and U.S. government authorities typically would not otherwise. So... Yeah, it's a super interesting sort of the, the politics around that. I'd say in many ways it's nice to see that someone that's being put aside to support actually getting this investigation moving.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's I was going to say the same thing. Like China, you know, making uh, some exceptions just to move things along, I think, shows th- their th- their desire to get to the bottom of what happened. So it's, it's kind of the opposite of uh, MH370. <laughs> <Hey-oh>. <laughs> um. Which had nothing to do with China, but you know, well, I guess it did because the plane was headed there. But um, anyway,
2: so yeah. meanwhile we were in the South Pacific.
1: Yes, yes. I, you know, I tell people that story sometimes, and they're like, <laughs> "On the same day?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it was
0: <laughs> technically <laughs> the North Pacific, but yes."
1: People were texting us like, "What well, were you? Were, were are you guys safe?" I'm like, "Yeah, we haven't disappeared." And- yeah,
0: you remember, like the pilot went in one of the one of the uh, we were it was, well, before we got off the plane in Quandilene, right? One of the pilots yeah. went in yeah. and like synced his iPad, and then came out and was like, "Oh, this doesn't sound good."
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Crazy. Um, New Zealand. Yeah, long flights. New Zealand is starting uh, New York City, Auckland and New York City in September. And this was originally supposed to happen before COVID, right? Like as COVID was happening.
0: I think they announced it pre COVID, but it was supposed to happen like during 2020. Yeah, yeah. December 2020 is when it was supposed to launch.
1: And it was supposed to go to Newark. And now it's uh, going to JFK.
2: Which I don't understand because their their whole reason they were going to Newark was so they can push their onward connections
0: to Heathrow because mm. they were dropping L.A. Heathrow. Gotcha. Yeah, they sold the, they sold the Heathrow slot. They they used to have two. They used to do a Hong Kong and a L.A. one. They sold. They stopped Hong Kong several years ago, and then they stopped uh, L.A. and sold the slot and made some cash, which I guess was nice to have in the bank before they bled dry almost in during COVID, but. Um, yeah, it is a little weird, Fuz, I agree. I guess maybe they've acknowledged that there's just minimal onward connection that way, or that it might honestly be that United has sort of said, hey, you're also flying to LA and to Houston and to San Francisco and to Chicago. Can we put your Heathrow passengers on one of those? It's basically the same total travel time for them, and it's better for United to be able to sell the O&D traffic or the East Coast connections rather than the ultra-long-haul stuff. I could see that being part of it.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's possible given that they use the high J config, so they don't have a lot of economy seats on Newark Heathrow. Yeah. But, you know, with nine flights or whatever it's going to be, you would
0: think they still have enough. I think it's seven, but yeah. Well, but, like, how many of those would be useful connections to the New Zealand flight, right? You'd think they'd want to put basically all those people on the same plane or, yeah. or you know, stack them pretty closely.
1: What's the, what's the what? timings like for this?
0: 17 and a half hours southbound.
1: And what is it like? What time does it get into New York?
0: Uh, Wait a second. I did not pay attention to such details. I apologize. <laughs> like, I mean, the other thing I would say is it's an interesting, just sort of is the ultra long haul and overflying hubs sort of idea versus, and at some point they sort of had to overfly because they can't get it all the way to London. But you know, it's this one there's, we also had the uh, DFW Melbourne from Qantas, which is coming in December. Like, there seem like these ultra long haul flights, the Singapore flights to Newark and San Francisco and LA have come back. I think I know Newark has or JFK, kind of, they it's got both. Right. I mean, like yeah, there's a lot years. of, yeah, there's a lot of ultra long haul flying that's come back. That makes me wonder like, are that many more people willing to pay a premium? Do people really not want to connect anymore? Is there, has there been a material shift in passenger demand over the last couple of years?
2: Hmm. Well, I mean, in the last two years, I suspect that has driven people not to want to connect in case right. of changing regulation. Um, the times are 7.45, departure out of Auckland, 5.40 p.m. arrival to JFK. Same day. So, no. Yeah. Oh, it is same day. I'm dead. The other way is plus two. Yeah. Um, I mean, Never. 5.40 arrival, you could make the 11 o'clock flight out of Newark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Going from JFK.
0: Faz was is- salty. <laughs> uh. Uh, well, but, I mean, but you're right. If, they, if it was the 5.40 into Newark, if it went to Newark, you could have made, let's say, the seven thirty, eight thirty, nine thirty, and eleven. You would have made. You would have had probably legal connections for three or four different flights. Yeah. So, definitely um,
1: str- strange. I wonder if it's you know the other thing that's coming up right is the new terminal A at Newark is opening soon, and I still don't think they've sorted out who's going to be terminal, terminal one. Terminal one, it's whatever.
2: Smart. I mean, they and, know United's going to go there. Yeah. And JetBlue, and JetBlue.
0: So I think the question who's going to be first is more open than who's actually going to move. But um,
1: but there's, I mean, there's like JetBlue. Um, I Southwest think,
0: was supposed to go over there maybe?
1: Yeah, Southwest. Um, there was some rumors that Alaska wasn't going over there and they're going to be. So uh, maybe the question is, are they going to be out of space at B?
2: I mean, Alaska doesn't have a lot of flights. They only need gates for... Like, two hours in the evening. Yeah, they use, I mean, they use two to three, depending on the time of day, yeah. Yeah, but it's really, most of their flights are all around that five, six o'clock time slot. They might have one or two flights in the morning, but the bulk of the flights are in the evening.
0: Yeah, true. true. Is Terminal 1 going to have immigration or no? No. So it's domestic only? Yeah. Oh, at least for so Yeah, that's another, I mean, that could shift some of the, sort of, who shows up, right? Like JetBlue does international stuff to Newark, although... JetBlue suspended a lot of international stuff from Newark as part of their drawdown for the summer.
1: Yeah, it's one of the topics we actually didn't put in the list. But I mean, sorry, maybe, I forgot. No, it's fine. I, I it made me it, it kind of fired off because I, I was fascinated by the fact that they started Portland, Fort Lauderdale, and now it's they're killing it.
0: Which is yeah. more surprising.
1: Uh, I think both. <laughs> like, I was surprised they started that flight, and then I guess I'm surprised they're killing it so soon afterwards.
0: <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I'm not surprised they're killing it. Um, I Are mean, they just hurting I, that bad? I think part of it is there's a lot of... I mean, they had to draw down a ton of stuff just based on high fuel prices and understaffed, mm. essentially. Um, right? But they cut... LA to Liberia and San Jose, um, Newark to Nassau, Jacksonville, Charleston, Atlanta, Las Vegas, San Diego, Phoenix, Seattle got cut. Also, there, there's a bunch of stuff that got cut. Um, a lot of and a lot of long flights. Uh, mm. Fuel prices, open, right? Did I say fuel are very high? Yeah, um, very expensive. So, I mean, they said a couple of weeks ago. I want to say they're gonna, they were going to drop like six percent of their traffic, six uh, to eight percent for May, four percent for April. Wow. Um so yeah. And if you think of it as ASMs available seat miles, like cutting long hauls, transcons does that real quickly.
1: Yeah. Makes sense. I was gonna say though, that, I mean, going back to the the New Zealand thing, it's not about slots either, right? Like Newark again, Newark isn't slot controlled. That's changed it's, a little bit. It sort of is, but yeah. Yeah.
2: Um but But JFK I, is.
1: Yeah, which I wonder whose slots they got.
2: Um, um maybe some okay. of the United slots since they're not using all their slots. Yeah, it could be. Then that it might be a play to get OK user slots. Yeah.
0: You know, it's like, hey, please go here instead. Yeah. Could be. Um, and we'll connect your passengers elsewhere, also. Um, now there, there's uh, because
2: I I just looked at mapped out the connections. Right. Uh, San Francisco, L.A. or Houston. You're looking at a three plus hour connection on all three, based on when the New Zealand flight comes in, and when the first Heathrow flight leaves. So not stellar. And L- oh, you, got, you have to clear immigration, so you need a little bit of that. But still, but and LA is a brutal connection, right? Because you come into Tibbet Tibbet, and then you have to get over to Seven. Yeah,
1: well, and what about uh, Chicago?
2: Oh,
0: I didn't look at Chicago. Well, you, you have to ride the train.
1: Oh, yeah, well, there's that. Or there's are the bus is
0: still running. The buses <laughs> are still running. Both both are running. Yeah, I thought the buses were finally supposed to die. Anyway, um, yeah, it's. I mean, I'm. I'm a little surprised uh, that they're doing it. The other thing about the slots is depending, uh, I mean, what time are they leaving, departing JFK? They depart JFK, like, 10 p.m., something like that? Uh,
2: That would be my guess, because they get in at, like, 5 p.m., right? Yeah.
0: I'm just thinking um, departure slot-wise. it's Like, yes, JFK is slot-controlled, but international traffic is still down, so there's sort of some slots available. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think in the winter, which is when this is starting, it's less full than in the summer. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you get late enough, the five o'clock arrival is up towards the peak. It might be just before the peak. If they do a long enough sit at JK, it might be, it might work. But like, again, it's a even, seven, like, holding a date for that long is challenging.
2: 7.40 PM departure. So it's a okay. quick two hour turn.
0: Okay. And that's peak transatlantic time too. So that's actually a little, is a little more surprising to me. Yeah. yeah. And, um, it gets into Chicago around four o'clock,
1: so it has maybe a couple hours till the first uh, yeah. London flight. I
2: think it, I think they missed the first one because I think the first one leaves at like four out of Chicago. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, the other thing I was going to say though, Seth, is talking about slots. Didn't the the slot uh, rule get ex- extended again?
0: So the slot waiver rule in the US for is internet the waiver is only for international service. So what the DOT did basically is went back to twenty nineteen and said if you're using your slot for domestic flying, you still have to use it. And if you're using it for an international route, you can note that you are giving it back to, just for this season and we'll still let you keep dibs on it next time. Okay. But yes, it it sort of got uh returned, but not or waived, but not entirely. It's like the first at least 12 months for the COVID um, and maybe for 18 months, it was any slots could be suspended and then it became international only. So like, that's why you see LaGuardia and national DCA having so many mm-hmm. silly things like shuttle flights between them are dullest to LaGuardia, right? United was running like 10 a day for no good reason, other than to sit on those slots. JetBlue is running Boston to DC on the top of the hour. And American is running it at the bottom of the hour when an absurd amount of capacity given limited business travel demand. Newark yeah. Philadelphia is like 4 a day right now.
1: Newark Philadelphia? Yep. <laughs> On what? CR550s? Oh, well.
2: And uh, for the Chicago flight it becomes a 5 hour 5 plus hour layover cuz there's a 440 and a 555 and the New Zealand flight gets in at
0: 405. Yeah. But so the 555 I mean? is a legal connection. But Whoa. tough. It's that's hard. I I'm just saying I bet it's legal. I'm not saying it's a smart choice. I'm sure it's legal.
1: Yep. Um, I just yeah. We talked. I thought we talked about that waiver last show. So that's why I was bringing it up. Is
0: yeah. No, it it's for international only. Um, mm. And it sort of works, but it's not perfect.
1: Yep. Um. So yeah. We we mentioned Qantas starting DFW Melbourne, but that that is going to happen in December. And that one, I find that one interesting. That one to me is uh, so it's that summer uh, in. Australia, in the Southern Hemisphere. And um, I don't know. Do you think that's like a leisure route for people in Dallas or connecting on American? Is that really what that's uh, focused on? And how many people are going to Melbourne over Sydney? Enough to fill three or four 787s <laughs> seven seven eight- a
0: week. Yeah. So one of the interesting things I saw was even if, you know, it's going to be more daily flights now or weekly flights between Australia and Dallas. But it's all 787s, seven eight- not 380s. Yeah. Mm. And so the total seat count is actually still lower. Because it's 789s.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, I see what you're saying. So it's like they were using the A380 and then connecting people when they got to yeah. Sydney. And now they're saying, well, we'll just split it up over. Uh, yeah, these, I, th-
0: I think there's flights. a lot of that going on. Also, remember that the 380 was weight restricted, though, so it wasn't 100% seats filled. But yeah, still. Yep, yeah, yep.
1: Yeah. Wow. Cool, cool, neat, uh, cool line. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, are either of you itching to get on one of these flights?
2: I mean, I'd I like the lines, but I can't imagine going from you know a max flight of six hours to jumping on an eighteen-hour flight anytime soon.
1: <laughs> no,
2: no. Did you know the JFK Singapore flight is booked at twenty-four hours twenty minutes. When you pull what? it up, when you pull it up on the Alaska site,
1: <laughs> it might be because Alaska that, site's bad at math.
2: <laughs> or is that the non-stop at the connection via Frankfurt?
0: The non-stop. Okay, well, that's not right. I. <laughs> I was like, "Wait, is that like I saw that earlier?" I'm like, "That makes no sense." I'm sure, like, United has been terrible at times in math for more than a decade. So,
2: yes, this isn't hard. <laughs> oh
0: Apparently, it is.
2: <laughs> I mean, they, these guys have been doing it for decades. So, how is it that they still haven't figured it out?
1: <laughs> well, it's because one guy comes by and he like tries to solve it in his code, and then the next guy's like, "Well, I found a better library," and then he's got to rewrite the code and he gets it wrong. And so it's just an never ending circle of stupidity. Anyway. Um D- so this flight's like it's about the same time as uh, the DFW Sydney flight, right? It's a little bit longer. It's almost nine thousand miles, or right at nine thousand miles.
0: Yeah, it's just under, okay. I think.
1: Yeah, which is crazy to me. I mean, it'll be what what the third longest flight in the world?
0: Top five. I've seen different reports and haven't verified it, yet. it myself.
1: Yeah. Um. Tell me about Air Canada buying some A three twenty ones.
0: Well, they couldn't buy. Th- transat which had all the a321 xlr's so instead they're just buying the planes themselves <laughs> that's my story and i'm sticking to it
1: so they, they, so they said, cut well, the
0: middleman yeah
1: yeah yeah and uh, so they're, they're buying how many of these 26 26 uh,
0: firm order uh well six that they're ordering direct from airbus another 20 that were already uh Owned by or allocated to lessors that Air Canada is taking up, and then options for 14 more, but 26 is the top line number. Um, and it's an interesting configuration, only 14 business class seats, mm-hmm. which is not a number evenly divisible by four, so you can't do a 2 2 layout. Hmm. Or you have one row that doesn't quite have it, um, right? You do like a half row with a closet or something. I don't know. Yep. But so that is going to be interesting to see what product they choose there. And there are some new business class seats for single aisle planes that are constantly coming out that look always interesting. I mean, the, these planes aren't going to show up until 2024. So plenty of time to you know pick the interior and stuff, but, um, and then 168 in coach. So it's, I'd say some are on the medium, high density for a long haul configuration.
1: Do you think they're going to use these transatlantic then or? Yeah. Okay.
0: What about their Maxes that they were planning to,
1: or are using in some cases?
0: I think both still fly Right. Like the Max right now does Halifax Heathrow, which mm-hmm. is a daytime flight. I didn't realize that, but that's super nice. Um, it misconnects by like 20 minutes coming from Boston to Halifax. So oh. it takes three days to take the trip, uh, but two days, whatever. Um, they use it for that. They use it for like uh, Montreal to Dublin, some of the thinner yeah. Unless um, premium routes, also it's not a business class seat. It's not a bed. It's a premium economy. Essentially, they sell it as.
2: Could the 14J be live flats? I expect it will. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe they start using the maxes for domestic.
1: Yeah. Or, I mean, or, I, the, or they keep them on some of these routes, like what uh, United is doing with like Tenerife and. Yeah.
0: Like, again, I like, think Halifax London is a daytime flight. Doesn't need a bed, but the XLR also has way more range. So if you look at like Toronto or Montreal to Nice uh, off season, certainly or some like some of those types of routes where there's definitely demand, but maybe in it, the, right. These are like, again, I'm going back to like, basically look at anything. Transat flies transatlantic now and consider that a viable option for these planes.
1: Hmm. Cause um, they, I mean, that's, that's what they were doing going to do with them with transat.
0: Right. Right. I mean, that's what transat, done. <laughs> transat flies. They have 321 know, LRs and XL. I think that had XLRs on order. Um, so, I'd
2: probably also say Hawaii for Air Canada. From Vancouver? The, Vancouver and Calgary. Yeah.
0: yeah. Could add some secondary Hawaiian cities there. It makes a lot of sense. Because they're
1: using, I mean, they're using Max's and A330s and some other stuff every now and then out of Vancouver. Calgary, I can't remember what they're doing, but they, they do have some service. So, yeah, that's interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, also, I mean, also, that was one of the markets where, well, it'd be interesting to see what switches back, right? I mean, the uh the market to Hawaii was banging
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, for a long time just because that was a place where that we 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 were letting Canadians in at least if they were tested. Yep. Yep.
2: So um, and they're I mean they're they're um they're not from three thirties uh, must be coming up for like some of them must need to get retired soon, right? So maybe they're gonna augment some of the international stuff with more frequencies on three twenty
0: one XLRs. Yeah,
1: can, yeah, yeah, it'll
0: be fine. Just send them over to Roof. Oh wait, no. <laughs> um, aircraft types?
2: Yeah, I mean a well, bunch of the a bunch of the aircraft for 99, 2000, 2001 have to fleet basically the 330s.
0: Yeah. Uh Air Canada does run the max to uh Hawaii from Calgary right now.
1: Okay. Wow. Um what else we got? Oh, yeah. Air or uh Alaska is going to be retiring their 320 family uh, planes sooner rather than later.
0: So This is one of the things like since the merger, the question has basically been, when is this going to happen, right? (laughs) I mean, I don't don't think anyone really thought that long-term the 737 or the MAX or the A320 was going to replace the 737 or the MAX at Alaska Airlines. Um, That whole being based in Seattle and the proudly all Boeing lie that they paint on the nose of their planes and all that stuff. But It's finally going to happen by the end of next year. Um, And what's particularly telling is the 320s were more or less already going to be done. The 321s, they'd actually invested, refreshed the interiors, upgraded the Wi-Fi, all that jazz, and planned to keep them around for a while. And as of the time of the announcement last week, it did not have an agreement with the leasing company for terminating that lease and returning them. They were still negotiating that which I have to say, if you're the leasing company at this point, you just like tap the price tag sign, right? Like, nope, this is what it costs. It's on you. Um, but like, so what that's but like, you know, what, what that says to me is that Alaska Airlines looked at the economics of running a subfleet of just 10 planes that are a different type, different everything. And was like, cashed out. Like, yeah. nope, we're, we're done. We're, we're going to park them. It'll be cheaper to park them and like give back all the spares and all the maintenance and all that other stuff than it would be to keep operating them.
2: Unless they find someone to lease them and then take them to the leasing company. And there's, sure. there's a market I mean, for them right now.
0: They're Neos, but still. I, I don't know. I mean, they're old Neos, but they're still Neos. Like They could be worse, but I don't know. I feel like the single aisle market is very fuzzy right now. I don't feel like it's particularly well-defined. I'm sure Delta would take them for the right price. The Delta, right price.
1: Take, Delta will take anything.
2: Exactly. <laughs>
0: it's like Mikey from Life Cereal. <laughs> and, and Delta has you know, a nice fleet of them, actually. Well, a nice fleet of 320s. Delta owns one Neo as of today. Um, they just took delivery last week as well. Uh,
1: well, here's 10. Year. They can get really fast.
0: Yeah. I mean, Does <laughs> Delta need them that fast? <laughs> me, me, speaking to a Delta pilot this week, commented something to the effect of, yeah, we had to actually slow hiring. They actually slowed down their mainline pilot hiring from regionals that they were like just because they were killing the regionals. Mm. Oh,
2: never
1: right? I mean, taking that, the pilots the, away.
0: They're yeah. take the pilots away. And that's the other part of this is uh horizon is getting rid of all the Q400s that operated for Alaska.
1: Which, which is fascinating. Um, Cause they're taking fewer e one seventy fives. Like the
0: yeah. last will come fewer out. Total planes.
1: Yeah. 10 fewer. And, you know, they run a lot of the the regional traffic out of Seattle and Portland on the Q fours. Okay. That's just that's just the way they've done business for a long time and it's and convenient. Kind of like Santa
2: Barbara. Yeah, yeah. They've got a bunch of these, not just in Seattle Portland, but they've got the bunch of the smaller stuff in California where they have focus cities. That's all Q four hundreds.
0: Yep. The, I'm trying to try, I gotta go back and pull up my numbers here. There's there's not a ton there's only like thirteen Q four hundred only routes. And I want to say that, like you say Santa Barbara, but I think a lot of those are upgaged just e seventy fives or at least are like, mixed,
1: like uh Yakima uh Walla Walla, probably
0: yeah, but did you they know. up upgage
2: because of the pandemic or did they upgage just through non- for other reasons right and
0: I think it's probably other reasons um and like but yeah, so Seattle, actually the only routes that are uh q four hundred only that I could find the schedule were Seattle to. Bellingham, Victoria, Yakima, Redding, Kelowna, Wenatchee, yep, Pullman, Wenatchee. Yeah. Walla Walla, uh Wenatchee, sorry, and Helena. And then also Boy uh, Sun Valley and then Boise to Idaho Falls and back to Walla Walla. Hmm. So it's it's a it's a small little collection of routes. But I mean those are the ones that are four hundreds only. There's a bunch more that are mixed of four hundreds and one hundred seventy fives or Mainline. That's half their fleet, though, right? Verizon is twenty nine dash, uh, dash eights and thirty one seventy five.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. And so we think it was thirty two with three parked, but yeah, it's twenty nine active. So yeah, it is. A, and they're going to bring back like twenty ish more seventy five. But again, I think this a lot of this comes to consolidating to a single pilot uh, group and rather than splitting across two different types. You get you can more efficiently use the planes, and they think they can maintain similar ASM levels. So similar level of operations, you know, some people are like, you know, what about all these markets that don't support the regional jet? And I don't think, I don't think any of the runways are too short and it's the same number of seats. So it just becomes a matter of the operating economics of the different types of planes.
1: Yeah.
0: And I mean, obviously we'll find out they, they seem to think that it much like parking the 321s, uh, it makes more sense to consolidate to single fleet types or fewer fleet types to get the efficiencies there.
1: I, I mean, I, I get it. I, I think it sucks for people in Seattle and Portland because part of the beauty of the Q4s, there's a few things. I think Seth, you've brought up. You know, Q400s, you got free beer and wine when you yep. flew on them. Not,
0: not anymore. Not anymore. Well, I mean, uh, no, free, no free beer and wine on these 75s. They simply yeah. keep the other. Um,
1: but then also on the shuttle routes, like so, the routes they fly frequently, which is Seattle to Portland, um, the Q4s were great because they would. Basically, depending on which gate you got, they would load via both doors, and it was every hour. And you could board that plane in ten minutes and be off. So it was a it was a great way. If you wanted to jump on an earlier flight, you could do that, and it was it was easy. It, now it, with the E one seventy five, you know, whatever it's it is what it is. But it's it's more of a go watch go watch them board a jet at Seattle versus boarding one of the Q fours. It's kind of painful.
2: Okay, I'll get to take a
1: look. Uh, <laughs> no, it's just it's it's just it's Sorry. a slower process. Like people boarding yeah, the, the jet, it just takes longer.
2: So, well, that's because uh, on the 175s, you can you put your bags above.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's and on the Q on the Q400s, you know, everybody like gate checks, and
2: it was I mean, That's the thing that slows down most of boarding is just people putting their luggage away.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I'm sad about it a little bit. I mean, I I, I did not think uh, Bozeman to Seattle on a Q4 was fun but I did it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that I would
2: do it again. Glutton for punishment.
1: <laughs> so, um yeah. I, I, I also so the the 321 thing, it was one of the better configured planes for Alaska. I think they've kind of downgraded their first class product in the se- on the 737s or not downgraded. They just haven't upgraded it to the same level of the A321s. Um they had foot they had footrests on them, which was nice. Is
0: that and, the reconfigured ones?
1: Yeah. Okay. So, none of the 737s have footrests, uh, and I, I just found the MAX, or not not the MAX, the uh, the A321 Neos to be a better-feeling airplane. Like, the seat was just nicer. So, that kind of sucks, but whatever. Yeah. We'll see. Um, Southwest has a new fare type, and we we had talked about this, I don't even know how many shows ago, but we thought they were going to do something to kind of downgrade the other fares, right, Seth? That's yeah. not what happened.
0: They, I mean, they said all along, we're not going to downgrade the other fares. We're not going to downgrade the other fares. Okay, fine. Um, I'm going to say uh, they lied uh, <laughs> a little bit. Uh, the, the, the main difference, want to get away plus. So for starters, almost zero creativity in the naming department, but I guess they borrowed whoever came up with Paramount plus and HBO plus and every other streaming media service that's launched in the last couple of years uh, <laughs> to work that out. But beyond that, the, the main Difference in benefit is that if you cancel your ticket, uh, or you like, you you, obviously you buy in. There's no change fees on Southwest. The big difference with this one versus "Want to Get Away" is the credit can be used for anyone, rather than only for the named passenger. And I, you know, I can't say that 12 years ago they purposefully took away that benefit, hoping to launch a fourth fare product in the 2020s after COVID, because obviously that would be stupid, but. 12 years ago, that was a thing that you always used to be able to do it. They took that away and now they have brought it back as part of a higher price fare. And so maybe this is me being a pedantic asshole, but you know, we all have our role to play in life and I'm good at that one.
1: Uh, I mean, no, it's a day <laughs> that ends in Y.
0: So. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I mean, you get my point though. Like this, this is yeah. something that used to exist and it's, it's a good benefit. I'm not, we'll have to see what they haven't announced the pricing yet. Um, it's supposed to really actually start selling end of Q4. Too, so a couple weeks, months from now, we'll see what the numbers are. But it's uh, it's an interesting situation.
1: Yeah, I mean, not being able to do this on other airlines, right? Or, or with you can do it, but it's typically painful in some cases to change who's getting the flight credit, right? Yeah. Um, I I wonder if they had just named it something a little bit better. You know, it's want to get away. No, how about must get away? Like you know, I mean, come on, yeah. this doesn't take a rocket scientist.
0: Um, anyway. <laughs> it probably takes a couple marketing executives though, and none of us <laughs> are that. But uh, this just makes it so much easier to code. You just have to add a plus sign. As <laughs> so we know, plus symbols never screw up code. No. Oh.
1: I mean it's like you know, it's like time it's like time zones. Yeah. Ten years uh, later,
0: Microsoft find this let you put plus symbols in your Office 365 email addresses come on. Um <laughs> the, the one other thing I will, <laughs> the one other thing I'll throw out there is that any time fares now come with early bird check-in built in. Oh, okay. Which is actually a nice little upgrade. Um, and I, what I will say is the Wanna Getaway Plus uh, is if if I'm looking at it sort of from the bigger picture, if you're a small business that uses like the Southwest, you know, they have like a SWA biz portal or whatever, mm-hmm. um, so unmanaged but like small business sort of travel thing, you can move the uh fare among your employees. Oh. Right. So that's, so a, if, that's a
1: real benefit if you have That to is actually route.
0: a really nice benefit. And it's a great way to convince a business that didn't necessarily buy refundable anytime or business select fares to spend up a little bit on their purchases to have that flexibility. I could see it driving a huge win there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Thoughts are going to say something?
2: Sorry. Got you oh, I was just going to say that's how we end up with 1K. <laughs> so okay.
0: coding. 20, Yep, yep, but it only had a two-digit column, or two-character column.
1: Um, United is delaying their dullest Berlin service indefinitely. We don't know when it'll come back, and they are not going to have uh, Prague, uh, Newark to Prague uh, this summer. So, I mean, I think some of this could probably be attributed to people not wanting to go to Eastern Europe during the Ukraine conflict. The Berlin one is odd to me. I I figured maybe business traffic isn't picking up as much as they thought, Are
0: they but they're still doing Newark,
1: but they're still doing Newark. Yeah. So
0: I just, I thought Gas that was really expensive right now. Yeah. These were, uh, I mean, these were marginal routes. And again, I would have to assume they were just on the fringes of, you know, again, United does a lot of, let's sell a bunch of crazy stuff in the summer and see what sticks also. Right. They've been, yeah. they got the five new routes that you've mentioned with Tenerife and uh, Malaga, I think. Right. What, yeah. What, yeah. All that yeah. Mayorka, sorry. Um, a mile ago, it was two years ago. I don't know. Um, yeah. So I mean, I, I'm a little bummed about the Prague one. It's actually funny. I was looking at that for our uh, June trip to Europe. I almost booked an award on it uh, for Linnea to fly over and meet me because we were going to do Prague to Vienna by bicycle. Oh. And uh, then we decided to do the West Coast of France instead. And thank goodness, because then I went back to look like as I was going to book the flights, like, oh, well, that one disappeared. <laughs>
1: so you were gonna you were gonna bike prague to vienna
0: so you drive like half of it okay that you You, spend a night or two in prague they drive you like 50 miles away or 80 miles south into like the heart of the czech republic you cycle from there to just across the border and then they drive you the last 30 or 40 miles to town
1: you guys were giving me crap about biking across new york
0: the state or the city the state way further When (laughs) when did you bring that up
1: I don't know. It was a long time ago when I talked about that. Like, there's this yeah, canal. Definitely. I, mean, I
0: remember giving you shit for it, but yes, that, that would yes. be a much longer ride than what I'm talking about. I know. I'm just mean,
1: being a smartass.
0: You get to
2: Rochester and you go into, like, the Twilight Zone.
1: There's a Tim Hortons there, you know? So I'd be happy.
2: Um, <laughs> we have a Tim Hortons in New Jersey if you really want one.
0: <laughs> you we had right?
2: two, one closed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean. Like Pittsburgh to Manhattan is like 300-something miles. We're going to do like just under 200. Gotcha. Over gotcha. a week.
1: Yeah. Um, I think that's a show, guys, unless you, there's something else you want to talk about. Oh, do you want to talk about me traveling again for work? Do you
0: want to talk about you traveling again?
1: I mean, it was painful, but I, mean, <laughs> I can talk
2: about it. What made it painful?
1: People. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just, I mean, it's, I think it's just a little bit of every, I mean, airports, it was spring break, which I think was problem number one. But, uh, I mean, PDX was fine. Uh, it was pretty quick to get through security and everything. Um, but connecting in Denver, Denver is just a madhouse. I mean, everything is so, I, I've talked about this before in the show. Everything is so banked there that you come in, and for like an hour after you come in, it is just jam packed with people. And then it kind of just dissipates and people just kind of get on their next flight and they go for me. I wasn't part of the next bank, so I had to wait even longer. Um, and flights were, flights were fine. I had a delay, uh, because of scheduling of the plane getting into Nashville and, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was fine. It's just,
0: it is. How how was, uh, bachelorette party season? (laughs)
1: I've, I've never been catcalled before and that was interesting.
2: Um, <laughs> just, just say when you told her you got cat called. I
1: haven't told her yet.
0: Oh. <laughs> uh, i she just songs. found out, but I know she's too smart to listen to us. Yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't listen to the show. Sorry, guys.
1: Um, but yeah, it's just uh, it's an interesting place. Nashville's an interesting place. It's it is it was crowded, very very crowded in Nashville. So didn't do a didn't do a lot of sightseeing, but um, it looks like a, I mean it's a nice city. Um, we'll we'll probably have to travel again here soon, so it's uh, it's fine. I do think – I'm I'm fascinated by United's use of the CR-7. We have a friend who fly, who's going to be on a CR-7 on Monday, um, and they've converted all but, what, 17 of these now okay, to, yeah. to CR-550s? It is, it is, it's an okay plane. I mean, they're beat up. The one I was on didn't have power or Wi-Fi, um, and they used it on a two-and-a-half-hour, almost three-hour flight. And I'd say the worst part about it is the bathroom in the very back. It makes for an awkward situation for the pilots, I think, too. So they let the pilot out, and then they they actually go and lock the door to the bathroom. And then the pilot unlocks it and then relocks it for the next pilot. But they have to walk down the entire length of the plane. It's just weird to me.
0: <laughs> so it's a pilot walk of shame?
1: <laughs> I guess so. It's just kind of strange. Um, they
0: have to lock the bathroom because if, because they have to go back up front to block the front door, right? So like, yeah, exactly. like tenants, if, if a passenger went into the bathroom, then, then it would be this awkward pilot standing around waiting yeah. thing.
1: Exactly. Yeah. They don't yeah. have
0: two bathrooms uh, on
2: that plane?
1: No. It's just the one we wow. got.
2: It must be a very long time since I've been on a CR seven though.
1: I mean it's been the first it was the first time I've been on one in probably two and a half years, three years. So I have to go back and look at my flight my flight memory, but it's been a long time. Most most of the routes I fly now are E one seventy fives that are regional jets. So or C R twos, if I'm really yeah. unlucky.
2: Yeah, I couldn't tell you the last time I was on a C R seven.
1: Um but yeah, it was it was fine. I think I think people are done wearing masks. Unfortunately, like it's just kind of like in Denver, most people just didn't have them on, and no one cared. Um, In try going to a trade show, basically did but in in Nashville, very few people in the airport wore their masks. So it's I don't know. People people haven't told COVID that it's over yet.
0: COVID hasn't listened, perhaps. Shanghai is is being locked down as we speak for testing of 29 million people. so uh, 46 million. Sorry. That should be Um, easy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're actually pretty efficient at running the tests, but still. Um, I would want to mention I mentioned uh, the uh, trip to Europe that we're taking. Mm -hmm. United pricing of awards is so messed up right now. Like, I was searching one way awards from Paris to come home. And it was one hundred thousand in Polaris, which is you know better than the seven hundred something that Flying Blue wanted. So great, um, not a not a bargain, but fine. And then I went and was like, oh, I need to book my rebook my trip to Europe and booked it as a full round trip. And all of a sudden, it dropped to seventy six thousand points one way. Oh, lovely. And then I went back to rebook, and then I went and booked Linnea's just as a one way because she's flying on Iberia out there on an American award. And it was the hundred thousand points, one hundred eight or something like that. And then I went to rebook. I went to actually write a blog post about this and went to check it again this morning and it had dropped to 80,000 one way. So I rebooked her and got my 20 something thousand points back, but they are one way. Pr- I still think that in many markets, round trip pricing is better than one way. And it's the second flight is always discounted. So huh. happy shopping.
2: Their, their pricing weirdness is more than just awards. It's revenue
0: flights as well. given that they tie the numbers together somewhat, that sort of makes sense, but something stupid in the logic. There's some broken logic there. And, like, I'd seen it the other day, like, uh, 33,000 points became 30,000 for my one-way home and coach, but to see the business class ticket drop, like, 20-something, 25%, 30% was crazy.
1: Yeah. I wonder... Yeah, that's weird.
0: Um, And then, again, like I said, the next day, like, the one-way had dropped most of that same... Fair. So, yeah. <laughs> Whenever we got our Polaris, it's good business class.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess it, play, it, it pays to have the elite status, right? To be able to refund them and rebook and not have issues with no uh, cost.
0: Right? You can change them freely as anybody. I thought it's. Yeah, I thought you could right now.
1: But it's the cancellation, though, it's right? It's
0: cancellation and redeposit. And for that, I'm only gold uh, and originating in Europe. I actually have to pay. But within oh. 24 hours, you shouldn't have that problem. No, yeah. No, no, no. And the change was fine. So they gave me the points back for free. But yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. But yeah. I remember I got screwed on that because like domestic or originating in the U.S., even if it's international, you get free refunds, too, for the most part, um, at least a certain number of days out, but uh, not for European originating in Europe. Hmm. Like. I had no idea.
2: Um,
0: so One pay think- for life, you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> that is true uh,
1: so I think for our listeners that's pretty much the show we're going to have a couple of bonus topics uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Aeroflot's new hub and uh, some Max 10 certification stuff uh, if you're a subscriber, the, yeah the super hub um, so yeah if you want to join on Patreon you can do that uh, if not we wish you happy travels and we'll see you next time bye bye
0: take care catch you next time